Welcome to Gapology Radio with your hosts, Mark Tinas and Brian Brockhoff. This is your podcast covering tactics for creating winning leadership and sustainable winning organizations. Discover more information detailed in their books, Gapology, Imbar, and their newest release, Speed of Purpose. We can be reached at gapology.org and our books can be found at amazon.com. Hey everybody, welcome back to Gapology Radio. I'd just like to quickly thank everyone for the nice comments on our new line of Gapology branded merch. We're really proud of how it looks on our website, but you know what? I think it'd be cool to see pictures of everyone with it in the real world too. Feel free to post some pics on our Facebook page, our LinkedIn pages, um, or even tag us on Instagram. You know what? Let's make it go viral. I'd love to see those pictures. Okay, so let's get this episode rolling and give Martinez a call. Hey, Brian. Hey, Mark. How are you doing? Great. How's it going? Good, good. You know, uh, I'm excited. We uh, wrapped up the last of the drivers last week um, for Speed of Purpose, and we've gotten some good comments on that. Have you heard a lot of feedback? Oh, yeah. The podcasts are great. They're excellent. So well done. Cool. Yeah, you too. You too. Awesome. So what do you want to cover this week? Well, I heard about a group of leaders that is using the quotable quote section out of Speed of Purpose, and they're taking a single quote and turning it into a meeting, a lesson, in essence, what? for their team. Yeah. And <laughs> what? I, started, I started looking at the quotable quotes. <laughs> You're kidding. They're crazy good. Oh, yeah. They're, so, they're awesome, but I have not heard that. Wow. Yeah. So let's share oh my the top gosh. 10 quotable quotes from Speed of okay. Purpose with, with the audience. Yeah. Okay. That sounds, yeah, that sounds fun. All right. So wait, these wait, are my me... favorite. These are my top 10. Okay. Okay. okay hold on. I'm, I'm flipping to that page in my book here. Hold on. Okay. One, yeah, 185. 185. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I got it. All right. So hold on tight. Here, here, here they come. Okay. Buckle up. So the, the first one is... <laughs> Developed and nurtured correctly, purpose becomes the lens that the entire organization sees through. Yeah, love that one. Yeah, I mean, you think about it. So what if you could create a purpose so compelling, so clear, that everyone looks through it as if it were a lens, and they see the world through the lens of the purpose? That's amazing. Oh, yeah. You see everything differently then. That's amazing. So that's the challenge right there for leaders. Develop a purpose so clear, so compelling that everyone looks through it to see the world. Yeah, I think, think about it. yeah, you know how we were talking about simplicity at the end of the last podcast. Um, I think that's crucial for this piece. Yeah. It has to be simple yeah. so people can remember it. and Yeah. Yeah. Walt Disney said, create happiness. That's simple. Cool. Yeah, yeah I love that. All one. right. Hold on now. They're, they're coming. <laughs> okay. My, my number two, purpose creates engagement, which creates discretionary effort, which increases productivity. So we nicknamed this one PEP, purpose, engagement, productivity. It is, it is so true, and it's really the formula to create 2.8 times productivity. Let me read it again. Purpose creates engagement, which creates discretionary effort, which increases productivity. 
So it's uh, it's the secret sauce, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, engagement is such a buzzword right now in the industry. You know, everybody's talking about how do I increase engagement? Because in- engagement, you know, drives retention a lot of times and it drives happiness and, and all those things. But yeah, driving discretionary effort, I don't think people always think about. Yeah. So it, it's... It's the formula. It's the secret sauce. I saw a graph once from Walmart that showed the engagement scores by leader and the sales growth by leader. And they were like the same. The higher the engagement, the higher the sales growth. Wow. So if you think about purpose then as being the foundation of that, creating purpose within a team, that's it. Yeah. I can see how leaders are creating meetings out of these single quotable quotes. Think about this. This is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That one, just that one alone could, I think, fuel several meetings and, and a whole, oh, yeah. you know, whole new um, focus for the company. Yeah. Got to get this book, folks. It, it's page 185, 186, 187, and 188 are the quotable quotes. 189. 185 to 189. Okay. Number three. There is a special satisfaction in being part of something bigger than ourselves. Purpose provides that something. This is this is a big deal. People don't have purpose in their lives, most people. Think about it. By giving someone purpose, you're giving them something bigger than themselves. It's huge. It's a reason to build a career with a given organization. It's a reason to perform. It, it, it becomes everything. Yeah. What, what do you think about this yeah. one? Yeah, it, it gives meaning to your job. You know, we spend so many hours at work and it, it just gives meaning to it. You know, I think about, you know, walking by a sea of cubicles where everybody's staring at a screen, staring at a computer. And, you know, for them to really give that discretionary effort, they have to have meaning behind it. You know, that's why purpose is so important. Yeah, we give the stats on low engagement in the book. Uh, speed of purpose we talk about it and engagement's quite low in the workforce today and purpose changes everything yep awesome all right next one don't assume you know why the top performers in the organization are more successful than the rest they may be operating at speed of purpose already yeah so what we found is that most leaders make assumptions that the top performers are just the top performers. And often they leave them alone. What they don't do is go visit them and immerse themselves in what they're doing and observe and, and, and try and take it in. And what we've found is often the top performers already have it figured out. They have already defined the purpose for the organization that the organization should have. It's already there. It's, the work's done. Uh, you just need to take it and run with it. So don't assume is the key words here. Right. Go, go find out. And you can learn so much from the top performers. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think so often, you know, we focus on the bottom performers and we spend all of our time there and we're trying to get, um, you know, that bottom group to try to move up. And, and we don't, you know, visit that top group. And because of that, we don't learn from them. Um, I think that is crucial. You know, we we even talked about some of this back in Gapology that, you know, focus on the top performers. I think you have more runway there. Yeah, it's not like you need to go out and change what they're doing. Go out and learn. 
Right. Yep. Learn from them. Spend yeah. time with them. Learn what they're doing. Yeah, and they're going to love it. They're they're going to get so much value from you coming, you know, paying attention to them and and yeah. a, and asking how you know how are you doing this? Yeah. All right. Here we go. Okay. When you give everyone a role tied to purpose, you make every role significant. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, so what if everyone's role was significant? Whether you were the president of the company or someone on the front lines, every role is significant. You know, make it significant and tie it to purpose. Make it big. Uh, we, We talk in the book about Pixar giving everyone a role that had the word filmmaker in it. So if you're the gardener, you're part of the filmmaking business. Your, your role is filmmaking. You know, it, it, it's a game changer. That's the level of engagement you need to create with purpose. Yeah, I think it's, it, you know, it's interesting when you look at all the different positions in your company. Um, just today, I was looking at a, a folder with all the job descriptions just for one department in it. And I think there was like, I don't know, 30 job uh, descriptions that are in that one department. And when you think about all those different individual roles, do they really understand that they matter, you know, that they're significant, that they're important to the organization? And do they understand how they are important to driving the purpose? Yeah, that's huge. Yep. That's huge. And every role matters. So make them matter. Time to purpose. Yep. All right. Uh, this one's sort of short, but it's huge. Here it goes. A leader's rhythm can be used to communicate and drive purpose. Okay, so most leaders don't have a rhythm. And a rhythm is their repetitive way of being. The way the week flows, the way the day flows. I'll give you an example. I worked for a guy once who asked the same three questions of the team every Monday afternoon. So you always knew what three questions were coming. He was defining what mattered. All week long, we would work then to answer those questions because we knew that they were coming on Monday. I made sure that my answers to those questions were of great significance. The leader, what the leader does is observed by the team. So in observing the leader's rhythm throughout the week, throughout the day, whatever time frame you're looking at, you should see the purpose come to life. Make sense, Brian? Oh, yeah. It's, um, you know, it's proactive versus reactive. It's, um, it's intentional versus unintentional. If you're not on purpose, if you're not intentional about things, I think purpose can get lost. I think that's the big risk there. You know, if you're just dealing with the whirlwind, all the crazy stuff that's happening in your day, um, I think you can forget purpose and take your eye off the ball there, um, which can be hugely damaging uh, when you're trying to build this. Yeah. So have a rhythm. Yep. Have a rhythm. Don't let things affect the rhythm. The rhythm defined by the purpose matters more than anything else. And it's really what drives purpose. So. Most leaders don't have a rhythm. They don't think about it. You need a rhythm. All right. This one's pretty short, too, but it's incredibly powerful. Here it it comes. Purpose needs to be defined 
in terms of winning or purpose achieved. So what does purpose achieved look like? How is it measured? What are the behaviors that equal the purpose? What are the metrics that equal the purpose? What are the results that come from purpose achieved? Purpose needs to be, be defined in terms of winning or purpose achieved. It's huge. And most leaders, most organizations don't do this. Yeah, I think people need to have that vision of great when it comes to purpose. They need to see it. They need to experience how you know, it can really drive results. It can really improve people's lives. It can improve your work life. You know, so giving them metrics and giving them a vision of what that really looks like, I think helps people internalize it and make it important within themselves. Yeah, totally. Totally. All right. So this, this next one, if you have not read Speed of Purpose and read every page, by the way, you, you've never heard this before. <laughs> yep. So um, get ready, leaders, because this is a game changer and you've never heard of it and you've probably never done it. Here we go. Seating arrangements should be structured based upon the type of meeting and the meeting objectives. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that one. Nobody knows this. No, nobody talks about seating arrangements. They don't know this. They do not know this. So in the book, we actually give you seating charts. Yep. (laughs) As crazy as it sounds, Brian drew out seating charts. First time you told me that you wanted to put that in the book, I was like... Okay, but once I saw it, once it was on paper, I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Well, and it depends on what you're trying to achieve with your meeting. Exactly. Yeah. So the seating arrangement is determined by the objectives of the meeting, and it's incredible what you can accomplish with an effective seating arrangement. Yeah. I know it sounds crazy. <laughs> it's true. Anyhow. Yeah. Anything else before I go yeah. to the next? No, one? no. I just think people need to get the book, and they need just they just need to look at the seating arrangements because it does sound kind of elementary. But when you see it, then all of a sudden, I think it'll dawn on you that it is important when you pay attention to the details. Oh um, my God! Yes, yeah, not elementary. It's advanced algebra. It, it totally is. It's yeah. a big deal. Yep. Okay, so this next one ties to that. So everybody, sit down because this one will knock you off your seat here. Here it comes. When you make the back row the front row, you can change people. When you change people, you change the culture. Make every seat the front row in life. Yeah. So Brian and I show up at this uh, big meeting, probably 100 people, uh, classroom style seating. There's a big screen up front and a podium up front. No one ever goes to the podium. <laughs> yeah, the podium. Yeah. <laughs> Brian and I position ourselves in the middle aisle at the back of the room. The back row became the front row. So what we knew was that that front row group, that front group, sat up there on purpose because they were already likely the most engaged group. The back row group, the back quarter were trying to hide. They were thinking they could get away with not participating. So we interacted with them like never before. Now what I don't know if you know Brian, but I don't know if I don't know if I ever shared this with you, but the results the following year of that entire group were off the charts and led the entire organization. 
I don't know if you knew that. No, no, I didn't hear that. Yeah. And I would tell you that the reason that that group, the Minneapolis group, led the organization was because we got that back row engaged like never before. The front row was already there. They were there. The middle was there. Now, we didn't just interact with the back row, but we made them the front row. We interacted with everybody, but we made that back row the front row. And I bet for some of those folks, it was life changing. Mm-hmm. We interacted with them. We had them stand up and give testimonials. It it was a game changer. Now we would roam up front and interact with that group as well, and they were brilliant. But it was that back row that we had to change. It was that back row we had to immerse with purpose. So anyhow, these seating assignments that are in Speed of Purpose, game changer. Make sure you get the book, understand them. You can uh, achieve what you want to achieve with your meeting by changing the seating assignment, the seating arrangement, let's call it. Yep. Yeah. The one thing that stands out to me about that meeting is, you know, I was on the sideline kind of running the PowerPoint and I was watching you, um, but I was observing the group. And one of the things that really stood out to me at the time was the discomfort at the beginning. So, so nobody, nobody was ready for it. Right. And I think so much learning happens through discomfort that if you can do just something subtle like this, I think it can really dramatically impact how people learn. Um, and it really got people right away into the meeting. There was no lull at the beginning. Yeah. They were really yeah, right yeah. into it. Well, the other, the other thing it tells you is that the view of the group, especially the back group, is that meetings suck. <laughs> Sometimes, yes. <laughs> well, well, most meetings do. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't know. They were walking into a meeting that would change their lives. Yeah. They didn't know that they were going to become the dominant force within the organization. The organization we're talking about, which we don't want to name, is international. It had, at that time, 165 branches, of which the group we were sitting with ran number one for the year. So meetings don't have to suck. They can be life-changing. They can be of great significance. They can change behavior. They can create action. And that, that group in the back sort of had gotten away with that, I'm sure, for a while. But they were pretty damn good Yeah. once they were engaged. All right, last one. Purpose begins in the mind. It's just a thought. However, to bring purpose to life, it must be converted to action. Yeah. That's what it's all about. So you can't just you can't just come up with this great purpose and leave it sit there. It 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 won't, you know, create the results we're talking about. You need to figure out how to convert purpose to action, which is what the 2.8 times productivity of speed of purpose is all about. It's what the book's all about. So what we teach in the book is how to do that. Yeah, that one's that one's so powerful, I think, Mark. Um you know, and it does tie to Imbar a little bit. You know, mindset drives behavior, which drives action, which drives result. So, you know, if you look at it, that if you have purpose in your mindset and then carry that through th- through action, you're going to get the results that you want. Yeah. No, that's it. That's it. Well, those are my top 10. What do you think? Um, I, I love them. I love them, Mark. I think those are great. Um, I would say, you mind if I throw one in? 
There's another one? There's there's one. <laughs> number 11? Well, uh, I know it's supposed to be top 10, but there's one that, um, I don't know why, it just has always stuck with me. And it ties into what you were just saying. Um, hang on. It's on page 186. Okay. So it goes, with purpose, you can change the trajectory of the organization for the next 100 years. Wow. I love that one. And and the reason, you know, when you think about 100 years, you think about uh, a, a business that's going to be around that long. And, you know, I, I think it, it can really impact so many different lives during that 100 years. Um, whenever I look at anything that, that we do with Gapology, I look at not necessarily, I mean, it's the results, it's, it's, it's all that, but it's the lives that we impact. And I think, you know, through speed of purpose, making people feel important, making, you know, giving them meaning in their lives, uh, you know, having them wrapped around something that's super important, um, to them personally and to the organization, I think that really can dramatically improve lives for 100 years. And that's why I love that, that quote. Oh, I love that. I'm so glad you added that. So I was with a group the other day and we were working on something and I said, let's change your grandchildren's lives. Oh, yeah, I love it. Oh, that's great. And we developed a plan to do that. So most 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 organizations don't have a purpose. So think about this. What if you did? And what if it was so incredible that it changed everything for generations to come? Yeah. So speed of purpose is all about that. I'm so glad you added that, Brian. Well done. Yeah. Well, well, well done, done in writing it. I, I love it. it. It really meant a lot to me when I read it the first time. So yeah. great job. All right. Well, thank you. Okay. Thanks, everybody. All right. Well, thanks, Mark. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Okay. Look forward to it. All righty. Bye. Bye. All right. That'll wrap it up here. Remember, if you'd like virtual training for your team on Gapology, Imbar, or Speed of Purpose, let us know. Head on over to our website, gapology.org, for more information. Everyone have a fantastic week. We'll talk to you soon. This has been a Gapology production. Visit us at gapology.org.